Welcome to Straight from the Muzzle, folks, where we are anything but straight. I'm Space. And I'm Bean. We welcome you guys to this show. Today's show. That's what I meant. Um, <laughs> Same difference. It's fine. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'll never, I don't think for like the life of it, I have ever nailed an intro correctly. But maybe that's my it's, calling card. Look, man, it's it's harder than than it sounds. <laughs> because it's like, you know, we're not, this, it's not like a time of day. Like we are recording at a time of day, but like, it's not like you're listening in at any specific day. So I have to go from. Uh, welcome to tonight's show to welcome to today's show and to transition to that i'm just like ah fudge it i'm not gonna worry about it anymore it's just so ridiculous <laughs> oh Ooh, well it's it. fine hooray god it's so cold outside can i just tell you like 29 degrees i don't know why but for like an hour and a half i was just chatting with an employee outside had a jacket on but totally oblivious to how cold it was until i go into my car and my hands are like numb can't feel my toes and i'm just like i just want to get home i just want to get home so, so that's funny cold. because in georgia today in De- no it's not december what the fuck is wrong with me in january, january the end of january <laughs> it it was warm today like i could have worn oh, a tank top but it's supposed to snow this weekend what maybe in, in which that makes me laugh because snow <laughs> that's a myth right well where you're at but it's this giant, like, cold front that's coming out of nowhere from Canada. And so, like, a couple of days ago, this is the weirdest thing. So on Sunday, that was the blood moon, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Sunday was the blood moon. And at first, it was really cloudy, but then it became crystal clear. No clouds in the sky. And we could totally see the blood moon just fine. And so, of course, you know, Felix and I go home thinking, well, it's probably not going to snow because they said the biggest snowstorm of in, like, years was supposed to happen days prior to that. But it never came. Fast forward, thank goodness I woke up an hour earlier than normal. I look outside. It is about a foot of snow already on the ground. I'm like, where the hell did this thing come from? Like, it just (laughs) came out of nowhere. And I was just like, unbelievable. Caused issues getting to work and then getting out of work because a snowplow decided to plow, like, a foot and a half of snow up against everyone's vehicles. So I couldn't get out. Like, I even tried to make trails for my tires to get out, but it couldn't. It was the most frustrating oh, man. ever it was awful i don't like snow so that snow sounds just, very frustrating it is but it, luckily hopefully in your case it'll look like it's falling but it's really just melting maybe it's hail yeah last year i was planning on going to florida and me leaving got delayed because it snowed about maybe two inches and then two hours later it melted all of it melted and it was sunny and nice and warm and i was That's... like why did you even inconvenience me with snow do you know you can get thunder snow? Have you ever heard of that one? No, that sounds it's... like a drug. No. Okay, so in Chicago, <laughs> if it's like it's already windy in Chicago, but if it's snowing and the the I guess like the the climate is just right, you can get thunder and lightning in the middle of a blizzard. And uh-huh. I thought it was a myth, but then someone recorded it and the news was reporting on it. And I'm like, what the hell? Is that even possible? Hey, I don't like that. How is that possible? I don't like that. Ugh. Electrical. Electrical storms are the worst. Ugh. They're not thunder. I like thunder. how we started off we started off this podcast with a general, hey, how's the weather? And then it got really intense with thunder snow. Thunder snow. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new fursona's name. That would be awesome. That would be my fursona's porn star name. Thunder snow. Thunder snow. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Anyways, um, so today you had pointed out um, something that you had been seeing circulating on Twitter as of recent. Um, yes. Styles, and I thought it was really interesting as we were kind of talking about it. And then we're like, oh, no, let's save it for the show. So. <laughs> okay. So basically the actual topic of today's show, not Thundersnow. We are talking about the uh, different popular. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the popular art styles throughout the different generations of the furry fandom. And this topic was inspired. And we're actually going to be referencing this. It's a, um, it's a timeline drawing that uh, sad theropod on Twitter drew out. So we have one, two, three, four, five different art styles we're going to be talking about. Which side um, note from the '90s all the way up to today. That person is also. We learned that it's a dinosaur thing, a theropod. Had no idea. We'd no idea, but now we know. <laughs> yeah, we googled it. So sad theropod. So I didn't know. know. Like, what is this? <laughs> Anyways, back to the back to the drawing that you guys can't see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll put a link to it yeah, in the description if you want to look at it but we'll just be talking about it i'm sure if you've been in the fandom for a while even if you haven't you'll probably get what we're talking about um but if you want just more visuals i'm looking at this drawing while we're talking so uh sad theropod did a great job pinning out these uh stereotypical generational styles and i love it i love this so much because i have seen notes. all of these I have some funny side notes in here. Oh, yeah. We'll read them out loud as we go. It's great. So I'll describe the picture as a whole real quick. Basically, there is um there are five headshots going in sequential order from the 90s, the 2000s, the late 2000s, and then current day. So the, the different ones listed is we have Toonie 90s, Holotype 2000s, seen and by shonen for the late 2000s and then the thick tins which i, yeah, I love that tens, like, thick is in all caps by the way it's important and and it's not just it's not thick with the k it's thick with two c's so it's that's how serious it is i love <laughs> i love though in the middle you have the scene and by shonen and above it says the thinning like i didn't even think that was a word thinning <laughs> but they made it a word so there you go <laughs> it's a word now um so i don't know let's say i guess we start with the 90s oh yeah so the first one that is listed in this little timeline is the toonie 90s and the 90s is when the furry fandom really started to kick off um a lot of you know if you've actually like researched or seen some documentaries on youtube that the furry fandom used to be connected to sci-fi so a lot of sci-fi comics and movies had anthropomorphic animals or aliens and um, people started connecting that with funny animal cartoons, which is, as most people know, is like uh, the Looney Tunes, anything that's a silly cartoon that involves anthropomorphic animals. That's what uh, funny animal cartoons were back in the 90s. So that's why the timeline starts in the 90s, because that's just when the fandom actually started to kick off. We had the first convention in the 90s. And so that's just the starting point of the, uh, the common art style timeline. Holy crap. Okay, so I, I didn't realize that this this is a thing. So um, if you go into Fur Affinity as you're listening to this, I highly recommend doing a search and then do a search for the word Toonie. Um, set your sort by date and in ascending order and then search. And you'll see from 
the dawn of time of Fur Affinity from 14 years oh ago. You'll gosh. see artwork from 14 years ago up until now. It's it's kind of cool. It's cool. It I actually, want to try that. It's actually really cool. It's really interesting to see everyone's art style because all these different artists all pretty much have the same style. It's really oh interesting. Gosh. Yeah, because <laughs> like artists will have their own um, take on things, but ultimately you can see a lot of trends, which is cool. Yeah, a lot of these. And they're all pretty much just toony. Yeah yeah i'm sure if oh i change gosh. like the phrasing a little bit it'll it'll pull up more stuff but right now it's just a lot of uh very familiar you know like wily e. coyote style art yeah oh, i love that uh so the different characteristics that is under the toonie 90s headshot in this timeline is huge cartoon eyes, Looney Tunes, and mostly realistic markings, which I did find the realistic marking part um, interesting. And it's true if you think about it, when I go and look back on like uh, furry zines that were in the 90s, because that was a really popular thing back then, people would actually pay physical money because you didn't have a lot of like the internet. You couldn't go and look up pictures. So you would pay for zines that are just in person. You can look at the art. Uh, and the realistic markings, you'd think if people were making sci-fi comics or like funny animal comics that they would have still outlandish markings. But it's true. When I go back and look at uh, characters like that, they do tend to have mostly realistic markings. Yeah, a lot of these seem to be a little bit like more. And I'm not, I'm not using the word basic as like a derogatory term. I'm using it in the fact that it's very basic. So it's using a lot that was a of, style yeah that was a style like i'm looking a lot of foxes have like the classic white underbelly and then the regular color on the outside dragons have the typical you know scales on the nose but that's about it not a lot of exploration as far as like design goes it's just more or less i guess you could say yeah realistic markings it's really yeah very simple which makes sense because in the 90s uh, when the popular cartoons were out, like Looney Tunes and whatnot, when you animate, especially traditionally, it takes forever. You don't want to design like complicated characters that you're going to have to animate. It would just double the time. So I guess that influence in the animation just went over to the furry artists of the time. Yeah, wow, that's really... I'm actually having fun going through and looking at all the different art styles here. This is really interesting. And the, every page is just consistent mm -hmm. tons of this is the interesting thing out of every page that i'm looking on for affinity at least two or three of the images are kangaroos so i wonder if that was a fad back at I one don't point in time know. It, that's possible yeah really interesting hmm. i would need some more oh i found a charizard but they're called a buffazard <laughs> oh no <laughs> i'm gonna send it to you <laughs> oh thank you i feel blessed um consider that one. you guys can't see oh this. that's hot oh it gets better <laughs> oh, this no. one's this one's it looks like he's sudsing up <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> this is really conflicting with my brain because i love charizards but i'm a lesbian mm -hmm. oh what mm -hmm. is this Oh, he's so shiny. That's not how a dragon from this would Anyways. work. Anyways. 
It looks like it's coming out of a belly Wait, button. A penis? It oh, looks I didn't like see it's that coming out part. of a belly button. Uh, it kind of does. Do you yeah. take constructive criticism? Uh, anatomically incorrect. <laughs> this was 10 years ago. 10 God, years ago. That's, that's not really bad not for bad for 10, 10 years, years ago. ago. Like, I. 10 years ago so the image we're looking at you guys can't see and i'm not gonna link it <laughs> but it it looks like actually it kind of looks like something you could get away with if you were gonna do a free yeah, comic so yeah it's pretty good and that shows you right there 10 years passing by if i were to look at this right now and not see the date i would assume that it was done today so not bad for this artist assuming they're the original anyways back to um Back back to the show. Side <laughs> tangent is over. Um, so why don't we move on in the timeline to the holotype? I don't know why it's called that. I guess I'll I really it wanted it to be like holographic looking. That's the first thing I think of. But I think holotype is like... referring to three dimensional. I think that's what they're trying to go for here. Because if you look, Maybe? if you look at the toonie between the toonie and everything else, holotype seems to be the only one that shows like it's almost more tilted on the side profile so that yeah. you see more 3d effect not without True. actually having like 3d i think it's more detail but i don't understand yeah. what holotype would be why it sounds that. like an animation term i would have to ask my girlfriend she'd probably like know holotype. okay google explain it that real quick so the holotype 2000s um it, it is very much a uh a disney looking style uh art style and the different characteristics that the artist here listed under Holotype 2000s is children of the Disney Renaissance, standardized fursuits, simple markings, and they are eternal. So I'm going to go by these point by point because these are a little more complicated than the Toonie characteristics. The children of the Disney Renaissance, most of you know what the Disney Renaissance is. That is the the handful of years where Disney was really booming. They were coming out with a lot of... Um, single sale animated uh, pictures. So a lot of the Lion King, a lot of the Lady and the Tramp, a lot of the princess movies, so every kind of classic that you can think of, that was during the Disney Renaissance. And because it was so popular, I guess a lot of furries in the fandom were kind of taking aspects of um, Disney's art style and applying it to their own. I have, an, uh, I have an explanation as to what this is. This would make sense easily. Um, holotype is a single specimen designated or otherwise fixed as the name bearing the type of species name when it was first described. So I guess you could say, if I look at the image here based on this, this is probably when people's names or um, more original characteristics were starting to be like developed in, in like, uh, artwork. It's the best yeah. way I can say that one. Otherwise, I mean, don't take my word for it. Go Google it. That's what I did. <laughs> the next point is standardized fursuits, which makes sense. When you look at this art style, you really do see a fursuit in it as well. Like a lot of fursuit references, which are reference drawings that are specifically drawn to help a fursuit maker convert the art into a costume. Uh, a lot of fursuit styles kind of are based around this holotype 2000s artwork. And uh, simple markings is also just a characteristic of the time and also applies to a lot of fursuits. Some people are getting ballsy with the markings on fursuits. I just finished a fursuit commission that had some pretty complex markings. Uh, but in the 2000s, that was a lot more popular. 
And then the last the last <laughs> point made me laugh. The eternal. <laughs> but it is. It's because it's because I pointed out and I'm like, I've noticed that like the holotype could also be in between the Bishonen and the Thick Tons. It really can fit into any time zone, really, because it's it's used over and over and over again. So I would yeah. it can't be just stuck in one time period. It, it moves. Yeah, it moves around. It's eternal. You'll you're gonna see this art style for Everywhere. a while. Even if if like there are other popular styles at the time, you'll always see this one around. I feel like it's just it's it's what a lot of people gravitate to, especially when they're first learning how to draw. It you know what? I don't think it'll ever go away. And the reason I say that is because think about it, in the time that we're going right now where everything's just like tech everything. I know that they've already started to play with um, holograms, like actual holograms. But right now what they're doing is they're developing it with water. So your hologram is projected through the water. So it looks like your actual face or your person is right there in front of you that you can touch. I can see holotype coming back in here. Can you imagine if you could do a 3D in-person, not art style on the computer, but like you could walk around the damn thing and see your view, like see your uh, your persona on all sides. How awesome would that be? That would, that be, would really be some cool. like next level shit right there. Not happening anytime soon, but you know, I can see that going back there. Holotype Fun will always be about. around. Yeah. Anyways, um, I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be full of these random side tangent useless facts. So the the next thing in the timeline. Which is they're kind of connected, but it's seen in by Shonen, and this this block is called the thinning of the late two thousands. So holotype was early two thousands, and the thinning is the late two thousands. It's just seen, that's such an interesting the like thinning. the thinning. I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> I like it because it's true. It's true. A lot of these characters were so like lanky and it makes me i don't i don't know why if it was just a style preference or if it had to do with like body image of the time or of the age or anything like that because i mean at least for me uh, a lot of these styles i guess um specifically with um the 2000s up to the thick tens for me my art evolved kind of through this timeline which i'm sure is not the case for everybody uh, but I started off trying to draw like the holotype. I failed. So I went into the scene and by shonen stage when I was really young. And uh, it's, it's a lot of uh, edgy, edgy stuff. My God, where does she? Sorry, I'm just keep going. <laughs> okay. So the, the two blocks in here, we'll start with scene. They, they are connected, but I'm just going to go in order for sake of convenience. Uh, the scene timeline is has emo furries a lot of piercings thin uh, the neon rain begins so there was a lot of neon colors and probably has a japanese name <laughs> which is so so true it's so fucking true though <laughs> that's what a japanese name i think it's it's just connected to a lot of anime which is why by shonen is that's an anime term this anime manga term which makes sense where does she store all this? Sorry, Twilight Saint. You guys might know uh, that you might recognize the name because we've we've featured them a few times in the past. Every time I'm just side tangenting here. Every time I'm on Fur Affinity, I swear to God, I see a new fur suit dance video 
the new fursuit. It's like, I can't tell if it's her fursuit they or are. if it's someone else's. But if it's her fursuit, that's 13 freaking fursuits, man. Why do you need so many? Yeah, she has a she has a lot. <laughs> she doesn't need that many. That's so ridiculous. That's as bad as like people having, you know, like a shoe addiction or in my case other addictions. <laughs> I don't oh. So... Addiction. But, uh, no. <laughs> Damn. She's like right up there with uh that one fursuit that has like different versions of it from different makers. Oh, cyber? All... Yeah. It's almost as bad cyber. as cyber. Well, addiction. cyber is a uh, cyber is the fursuit maker of a uh, made for you. Mm. Which is one of the most successful fursuit mm. building companies ever. Mm. Mm. Um and they get mm. a lot of their cyber suits from trading with other makers. Like I'll make you a suit if you make me a cyber suit. So Interesting. Thanks. Yeah, okay. It's fascinating to me. I'm not going to shame people for having a lot of fursuits because, bitch, I want that. But <laughs> I mean, I wish I had that money to have that many fursuits. But then again, I wouldn't. Do I feel like I still wouldn't have that many fursuits if I had the money. But I, I still would like. I don't know. They're supporting artists by buying their work, so that's true. cool. That's true. Okay, so by Shonen. That's a weird name. By Shonen. By Shonen is anime influenced also slender um are featured in a lot of comics and have a lot of face markings and also probably has a japanese name um looking at the differences between the scene and the bishonen scene is like i guess more edgy while bishonen is more like an elegant edgy <laughs> i feel like i see a lot of the scene in bishonen in a lot of animated projects on youtube um, mm-hmm. even even as of recent and i think it's because it's just easier to draw and it's probably easier to animate but other than that i don't see like i don't i don't get why you would stick with that style especially if you have a better style unless this is what you're familiar with and it works for you honestly i i will be honest here i feel like the scene and by shonen stages are stepping stone styles I've never seen, I haven't seen many artists per se stay in this style. And I see a lot of young furries drawing in this style. Yeah. So it might be just like an experimental phase or when you're young, you tend to hyper fixate on a lot of things like, um, like emo culture or anime, uh, things like that. And a lot of animators on YouTube tend to be young, young furries. So that also might be why you see a lot of scene and by shonen style on youtube because i know back when i was a young furry animating on youtube was the big thing i was one of those scene wolf animators <laughs> back in the day so i wonder if it's just easier to draw the scene in by shonen because if you look at a lot of beginner artists all of their artwork is like really skinny it's like they don't know proportions and so perhaps this particular these two like you call them stepping stones maybe this is what people usually start off with and then they either you know backspace into like holotype or toonie and then somehow develop their art style based off of that i don't know that could be Mm -hmm. yeah that's totally possible i mean that's i mean except for me i don't draw thin like that because i just i have no reason to (laughs) 
I used to. I used to draw thin like that because it, it was like the thing, the way to draw back in the day. And it was it was also easier to draw because I didn't have to worry about anatomy as much. Like <laughs> when you're young, you you don't tend to focus on that as much. You just want to draw. You just want to animate for funsies. Um, and seen in Bishonen styles, Bishonen tends to be more accurate with anatomy, but still thinner. Um, but still, it's like you don't have to think about it. I feel like I've seen the style before. The Bishonen style, I've seen it very familiar. God, I can't think of the artist on YouTube, and it's going to drive me nuts now. Oh, I bet Felix would know, but I'm not going to bother him, whatever. Um, there's, like, two artists that we, we follow, and they're the kind that do, like, the, like, 10-second blips, and then every once in a while, like, every six months or so, they unleash this music video, and it's always, like, this style what kills me though is that it gets like thousands upon thousands of views and i'm like if they can get thousands and thousands of views on such <laughs> basic artwork what am i doing wrong <laughs> so it just makes me think like okay maybe i'm taking what what are they doing here <laughs> how are they doing this i don't know it just it drives me up the wall like just yeah it's kind of like looking at a piece of um i can't figure it out of modern art that's just like a red dot on a canvas and people are trying to sell it for 20 million dollars or whatever that's exaggerated but still you're like it's a it's a red dot on a canvas oh, it's, it symbolizes freedom but at the same time encapsulates the one person inside i don't know it's something like that it's the japanese flag there you go um just you know americanized stupid <laughs> Yeah, but I see a lot of this kind of artwork right here. The scene and by Shonen most definitely on YouTube. More than I see Toonie, Holotype, or Thick Tens. Yeah. I feel like Toonie, out of all of these, I think Toonie is the rarest. Like this Looney Tunes style Toonie. Um, I know a few artists that do Toonie, I do but as it's well. not often you see it. Yeah, it's very, like you said, it's really rare. And when they do do it, it's good artwork, too. So it's kind of like a treat to see. Oh, it. yeah, definitely. And something I've noticed with uh, the fursuiting aspect of any of this, a lot of super toony artists who also have fursuits tend to be fantastic actors in their costumes. Like, they they know how to exaggerate and they know uh, how to be in character. They don't just kind of stand and walk around in a dog costume. They Like, I've seen a few that carry around, like, balloon hammers and a lot of them that talk and exaggerated voices it's awesome i love seeing like toonie 90s fursuits oh, yeah. especially when they act like that it's the best now moving on to the next one i almost feel like we should be like copy paste holotype after by shonen to the thick tens because yeah. this is where it would this is why it's eternal because it goes this way the reason yeah. I say it, oh definitely for anyone who's going to look at this picture you're going to go from how did someone go from by shonen to Fast forward thick tens. There's like no, there is no way to compare styles because they're so completely different. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum, which that also, yeah. I'm like, they we're missing something, but it's probably the holotype. Yeah, the holotype, I think, can be placed yeah. in between any of these, um, especially between Paishonen and thick tens because. A lot, it's a it's a harder art style to do. So if you're a beginning artist, you're probably not going to start with holotype, especially if you're young. Um, but if you unless you're talented, yeah, unless you're super talented, um, have some natural talent in there. But if you start with scene or by shonen, a lot of the times you'll gravitate gravi- 
Gravitate. I'm going to gravitate. You're going to gravitate a holotype before you figure out your own style. Um, and again, a lot of these, they're just popular art styles. Not everybody fits into these slots, but you can definitely see aspects of some of these uh, put into a lot of people's art styles. Oh, that's interesting. The wording on thick, by the way, we're about to go into it. It's not just something that the artist came up with. It's an actual, it's an actual uh, search thing. Yeah, it is. But it's not what I thought it would be. That's interesting. Seems like uh, thick tens are more body positive. Oh, definitely, definitely. Thick tens. Go ahead and explain what thick tens are. The thick tens. Okay, so all of the characteristics on this one is quote maws and paws. So like a lot of heavy focus on the hand paws and the mouth. It's very round. There's a lot of hyenas as a popular species in the Thick Tens. The Steven Universe influence, which also makes sense with a lot of the like simplistic shapes. Uh, shiny. <laughs> Good lord, I love Steven Universe. Oh god, me too. Shiny. Uh, shiny, yeah. Like so You shiny. see a lot of shines on like the individual toe beans and on the nose and in the eyes and da 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 da. And then more androgynous. You see a lot of like agender characters, uh, they, them characters. There's a lot more like gender expression or a lot more um, androgyny. Like in scene in Bishonen, you could typically tell which one is like the sexy male and the edgy female. Uh, but Thick Tens is definitely more androgynous. A good example of the Thick Tens would be um, Deer Dog's artwork. And I we can link that in there too. She mm-hmm. uh, she posted in our staff chat and she was showing us how her art has changed from at one point in time when she first started to where she is now. And I always feel like a good part of it, like towards the middle starts to kind of teeter to the thick tens. Not mm-hmm. by no means. It's not like, it's not like thick as in like the body style, but very much like with the, the paws, her mouth. It's the kind of like an interesting hybrid of thick tens meets toonie. Yeah, I was about to say that. Deer Dog seems to be a good mix between Toonie and Thick Tens. I know my artwork definitely definitely goes into Thick Tens. I know why I love your artwork, though. (laughs) Your artwork is (laughs) Which is funny because I never even thought about, like, I guess my own artwork following any kind of trend. I've always just kind of drawn thicker characters. But I guess exaggerating certain aspects like hands and mouths. I don't think I exaggerate mouths much, but I definitely do with paws. Basically, thick paws is my crutch because I hate drawing hands. So I'm like, eh, if it's big paws, it's just a circle. (laughs) You know, I think if I look at it, I don't really have my character or my persona ever drawn um, out of the thick tens. Mostly because it's a bear and bears are usually pretty thick so that's about well i've seen um uh some holotype and some realism i knew i know before we were friends i drew you like it was a very i think it was more by shown and it was kind of realistic a picture of space yeah but th- there are those but like i guess, I guess it just depends on maybe what artist i went to because it every artist was just a little bit different I think a lot of your older artwork of him is more Bishonen or holotype because it was a more serious character. And now that he's more bubbly, happy-go-lucky, it goes into thick tins. More of me Mm -hmm. kind of a thing. Interesting. That is really interesting. I've never really looked at it until now. 
Huh. Interesting. Well, where would you put Feral? Would that be within? Oh, that the would definitely vicinity? be with Seen, Seen, and By Shonen, um, okay. and some Holotype as well. Um, Thick Tins and Toonie tends to be more anthropomorphic, but Holotype two thousands could be Anthro or Feral. Feral is especially with Holotype because of the Disney influence, and a lot of um, Disney movies like like Lion King, for example, had a lot of Feral characters. Seen and By Shonen, I see a lot lot more feral um characters and you can even see in how these headshots are drawn you can see like the sloping of the back you can kind of tell that these headshots were intentionally feral um most likely and all the animations and whatnot in the early 2000s when i was on uh for youtube it everybody animated feral characters there's rarely rarely anyone do you have animated characters on on youtube i used to um i destroyed my old account you can't find any of it <laughs> i can find anything on the internet you have no, no remember you tried i told you my like my my backstory about how people like oh, sent me right. death threats because my fursuits were ugly and so i like completely erased my name and disappeared for a year or two that's right okay and i couldn't there's i could find traces but i couldn't find like yeah actual leads anywhere it was very hard <laughs> I have some old artwork, but I don't have any of my animations. I wish I did because I know they were bad, but I do have some old artwork saved on my computer. They were definitely the Bishonen-esque style. Speaking of Lion King, you mentioned it. Have you seen the new trailer? I have, yes. For it? I'm excited. I think they could have done a lot better with color theory, but it's still animated. Like, they're calling it live action, but no, it's animated. Everything on here is animated. It's just realism. So I'm still excited to see it and see their take on it. I think it's going to be kind of weird if they stick with the singing and dancing aspects. Because if I see just a feral lion that just looks like a feral lion singing Hakuna Matata, I think I'm going to shit my pants because that would just be weird. They also have Aladdin, too. I just saw the uh, trailer for Aladdin. I'm excited for that one. That one looks legit. Do you know why they're doing this all of a sudden? Do you have any reason? To make money off of nostalgia? Nope. That's not it at all. When these cartoons... It's probably part of it. It may be, but in these, when these movies were created, they have a license on them. And after a certain period of time, that license goes away and it's free game for anyone to do whatever they want to. It's kind of like Zelda. At one point in time, Zelda could be made by anyone. And of course, Nintendo went back down on that and no one can make the Zelda games now until unless you know Nintendo's involved. So same type of thing with Disney. A lot of their, you know, old films were starting to come up and rather than have their name and that type of movie that they created open to the market, they would create it by relicensing it as a new movie. So that's becomes these reality more like realistic movies coming out. And that's probably the all you'll see of these movies until like maybe 10, 20 years more down the road, boom, and they'll come out again. To be fair, a lot of their movies, especially during the Renaissance of Disney, were based off of folk tales, oh, yeah. which is why you could still like you could still make a movie about Snow White. You can still Cinderella. make a movie about Cinderella. Right. You can't even Ariel, you get all that. You can still do that and you still see it. You know, there's some Rapunzel movies or whatever. And they can't copyright that. So. But they can copyright the, like their screen, like their script, their storyline of how they have done it. Yeah. But they can't copyright, like you said, like the actual tale itself can't be copyrighted. But what they've done with it, no one can touch it because it's 
Mm-hmm. It's theirs. Plus, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Disney owns it now because Disney owns everything. They just bought Fox. So now, no, no, no. They just bought Sony. So now they own Marvel finally. Oh, I'm so glad. Ah, they own part <laughs> of Marvel, but not all of it. So that means we can now have X-Men movies that are supposed to be the way they should have been when they were first made instead of being out of order and totally fucked up. So I just have a hard time trusting Disney now. I've been getting frustrated with them, but that could be a topic for another show. Yeah. Oh, that would be a fun show. There are four major sectors of this world that are, is owned by four major companies. It'd be really interesting to see if you could tell what company is owned by what. It's a fun little thing. I love looking at it. We'll do that another time. Um, <clears throat> so I think what would be interesting is I challenge anyone to listen to this and then maybe send us an email by writing to us at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com. Look at the style here and see if you can apply any of the artwork that you have commissioned to any of these five styles and then email us, link us to different things. Say, hey, I think this would fit into here and this would fit into here. I want to see it. I want to see, you know, the differences between everyone's, you know, artwork and, like, you know, it's just kind of fun to see something like that. Plus it's interaction and I get to meet you not obviously physically, but I can write back to you. That'd be kind of fun. It's it's just fun to interact with our listeners. That's just kind of like, that's always been the thing. Definitely. So I want to see that though. That'd be really interesting. No, I don't want to look at that. Me too. I want to go back into all of my commission artwork and maybe art that I've drawn over the years and see if I can pick out any. I know I could definitely find the scene by Shonen and Thick Tens. I don't know if I could find any holotype. I know I've drawn that style before, but I'd have to find I know an artist it. that still draws on holotype. She's actually really good, but um, it's like a love-hate relationship, so I probably won't ever reference her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. And I know someone who still draws <laughs> on the toonie. It's so interesting. That particular style of toonie that they chose on that headshot is exactly how a friend of mine draws. So I'm just like, wow. It's like they... A lot of the holotype does look the same, to be fair. If you draw in that style, then you can find a couple other oh, artists yeah. that also draw in that style. You might have little things where you could pick out, oh, this artist did this one, this artist did that one. But a lot of the time, holotype styles tend to be about You the know same. what would be an interesting tech? If Fur Affinity ever had the money to do this and someone could develop the the code for it, it'd be really interesting if you could set up a technology where you could upload your art. So... We already have the capability of obviously uploading art and everyone can see it, but it would be even cooler if you could upload your art to, let's say, a site like Fur Affinity, and you can identify what style of art it was based off of the drawing. So that way you could be like, um, this style was here. We recommend these artists. Kind of like how Google does it. You know, you type into Google and it gives you recommendations yeah. based off of that. Kind of neat. It would also be really scary, but kind of neat. That would be time. cool. I'd be up for it. <laughs> I'd experiment. Yeah, why not? Who wouldn't experiment? Anyways, that's our show. Um, you guys are always welcome to email us at talktothemuzzle at gmail.com, like we've noticed, or like we've said. Um, you can listen to our stuff on practically any site across the board. So we got like Stitcher, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and then whoever else has what out there. We also have our episodes on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. Uh, so if for some reason you're at home and you want to listen there, it is also available. And we have a Facebook account that we're getting set up. If you want to uh, 
Um, talk to us there. If you don't feel comfortable emailing, you can comment on some of our stuff over there as we well. We also have telegrams. You can always reach out to us on telegram. And if you just want to reach out to any of us individually, you can always go into telegram and just look at the group and just find either, you know, my, I think my handle is Jedi Knight space. Um, yes. And then your handle is mothsicles. Yeah. Mothsicles. And then you could just message mm-hmm. either one of us. I'm pretty laid back. If I see a message come in, I'll look at it and I'll probably message you back. Most likely, unless I'm working, then I won't message you back Um, because I'm busy dealing with other people's accounting problems. Good Lord. (laughs) So yeah, feel free to message us, email us, tell us about yourself, tell us your story. And then of course, if you have recommendations, like you want a specific artist, maybe you want a specific guest or a topic that we haven't done yet, let us know. The only way we can improve is if by people telling us so. So there you go. There's my spiel. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, please email us and give us any suggestions or criticisms. We are totally open. Um, but for now, we will see you in the next episode. Have a good one. <laughs>